You're listening to the Phillies Nation podcast with Ty Daubert and Johnny Heller on philliesnation.com. What's going on, everybody? This is the Phillies Nation podcast. I am your host, Ty Daubert. We're coming at you with a little holiday episode of this pod. We're going to talk about some of the, the signings that have gone down recently, and also we're going to answer some of the listener-submitted questions for a mailbag episode. Um, but as always, I am joined by my co-host, Johnny Heller. Johnny, what's going on, man? Nothing much, Ty. I'm trying to get in the holiday spirit, but it's like 50 degrees outside, so it's hard to do that. I, I don't know about you, but I really hate warm weather when it's not, not supposed to be warm, you know? Yeah, I feel that. It doesn't It doesn't feel like the holidays, really, because it's warm out. But but anyway, like we said, um, there's been some signings, some that affect the Phillies a little bit. Um, so, Johnny, why don't you get into those first before we get into all the questions? Sure. So, uh, first, uh, over the weekend, the Indians signed Cesar Hernandez to a one-year $6.25 million contract. Um, obviously, Hernandez was non-tendered by the Phillies earlier in the month. Um, I think he's pretty much the face of the rebuild uh, in terms of he was the one guy, him or you could say maybe Michael Franco, but I think Hernandez was the one guy you know, throughout that period that w- was always here. And even though they were losing games, he was a pretty solid player. I think it was a pretty good signing for the Indians, and it obviously it didn't really make sense for the Phillies um, anymore. It made sense to let Hernandez go. So, Yeah, yeah. Hernandez, he was kind of the face of the rebuild, but at the same time, there is nothing memorable about his tenure at all. <laughs> That's true. Nothing. Literally nothing. There was the home run in Cincinnati to start the one season. But other than that, he kind of just existed and was a solid player, but nothing spectacular. And that kind of is representative of the Phillies' rebuild as well. Yeah, and another former Philly was also signed, I think, uh, the middle of last week. Michael Franco was signed to a one-year $3 million contract with the Royals. So that's, you know, two guys who are non-tendered by the Phillies who are now with different teams. Franco was super frustrating, but he, unlike Hernandez, had some really awesome moments. Um, The walk-off home run last year in the Powder Blues uh, its probably the biggest, but... Or his his rookie year in general. Well, yes, that's true. Well, the the series against the Yankees. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, maybe, as Andy McPhail said, maybe the next team will figure him out when it comes to Franco. Um, I, I've seen a lot on the timeline, everybody saying, oh, the Phillies are going to regret this, and the next team is going to figure out Michael Franco. But until he can lift the ball in the air um, a little bit more, I don't see that happening, really. But we'll see. Yeah, I don't think so. I think Michael Franco is who he is. So, But maybe. you know, I, The potential is probably there, but the potential is there for a lot of guys. It's just, I don't know. I don't doubt that he's you know, been working hard and trying to figure it out. You know, some guys just can't, so. Yeah, I, do, I agree there. And then um, another signing that just happened today, we're recording on Tuesday, Christmas Eve, in the afternoon, and a signing that just went down. Dylan Batances, who the Phillies have been rumored to be in on, just signed with the Mets on a, on a one-year deal. Um, 
So, Johnny, what do you have to say about that deal and how it affects the Phillies? Yes, so it was a it's a one year like you said one year deal, ten million or I think ten point five million guaranteed, uh, but it could turn into a two year deal worth thirteen million. Uh, he has a, a player option for twenty twenty one. I think that the Phillies were never in on Botanis actually because how much room do they have four or five million before? Exceeding yeah, the, somewhere the tax. We talked about it on the last episode. They would not, based on how they've handled this offseason, they're not going to go over the tax for a relief pitcher, uh, especially one who has some question marks. And, you know, maybe the Phillies knew that the Mets were in on him, so they, you know, were pretending to be in on him to drive up the price a little bit. Uh, I think that's more likely than the, the idea that they were actually in on him. And what it comes down to now is that the Phillies are probably going to come into 2020 with pretty much the bullpen they have now. I mean, there are some guys still available, but I don't know. I, I don't think there are any... Potentially was the last like big difference maker uh, or potential difference maker, and, and now he's a Met, so... I think I think the saddest part about this signing by the Mets is that my ideal offseason is officially done. Uh, it was going pretty strong. They made some moves um, that kept it alive and Gregorius and Wheeler. But they finally missed out on a guy that I chose in my ideal offseason on this podcast. So the dream is now dead. I thought that maybe they were listening and they were going to do what I said, but... It it wasn't meant to be, I I guess. Guess not. But yeah, so that that's pretty much it for the signings that have happened since this since our last episode, and we put out on Twitter and Facebook yesterday that we were going to do a mailbag episode, and we got a lot of responses. So we're gonna get into the listener submitted questions next. Johnny, why don't you go first here? All right, so we're. We're going to start with some questions from Facebook. We got a lot of questions, so obviously we would like to be able to answer every single question, but we're just not going to have the time to do that, unfortunately. And again, thanks to everyone who did submit a question. So first one uh, from Facebook comes from Ian. uh, Why no interest in Dallas Keuchel? He pitched very well for the Braves last season. So um, for those who don't know, Keuchel signed a three-year, $55 million deal with the White Sox um, sometime within the last few days. So, Ty, if you'd like to take this one first. Yeah, I just think they weren't in because, first, he would have put them over the luxury tax, and second, he's not that good. I posted something on Twitter um, last week uh, comparing his peripherals to Drew Smiley's and... Drew Smiley would obviously cost a lot less than Dallas Keuchel, so I think that's probably why they were not in. He costs a lot of money, and he, he really is not that good anymore. Yep, uh, he's not good. I agree, and um, you know he's a he's a ground ball pitcher. I guess the the Phillies defense might be a little better this year with Gregorius, but um, you have to have really really elite. Infield defense, I think, like you said, his peripherals were, be- were bad. He was probably lucky. Um, the Braves infield's pretty good, uh, which probably play- played a role in him having decent numbers last year. But like you said, he's just not that good. Uh, it's a lot of money for a guy who is... I would much, much rather give 
uh, Bumgarner, the what, what was it, five eighty five, five years eighty five yeah, million. Yeah, he made out seventeen. Uh, Keiko got more per that. year. Keiko got more per year than yeah. Bumgarner. Yeah, I would much rather give Bumgarner a steal even with the two extra years than than what Keiko got. Yeah, I'm out on both generally, but I'd rather have the Bumgarner deal for sure. Yeah. yeah. All right. Cool. So our next question from Facebook. This comes from Dan. What in God's green earth is going on with this bullpen? I seen better arms on snakes. <laughs> I love the <Yeah>. question. <laughs> so about the bullpen, they really have not done much to improve it other than they signed Zach Wheeler for their starting rotation, so it'll probably bump one of Nick Pavetta and Vince Velas- or Vince Velasquez permanently to the bullpen. But, yeah, he's right. They have not really done anything with the bullpen. I'm, I'm a bit higher on the bullpen than most people, I'd say. Um, but it seems like what they're going to do is kind of what they've been doing with bench pieces. Maybe they sign a couple guys on minor league deals to go into camp and compete, but no really high-impact moves seem to be happening. Yeah, and I, I, I tweeted this just before um, we started recording, just after the Batanzas signing was announced. Um, it, it seems like they're treating their bullpen the same way they treated their rotation last offseason, uh, which I, I agree with you. Like you said, you're pretty high on, on their bullpen. There is definitely there's some talent in-house, and there is definitely potential for you know guys like Sir Anthony Dominguez and, and Victor Arano um, to be really good back end of the bullpen pieces and and you know figure it out and the bullpen could be good but I definitely think it's a pretty dangerous game to play um, you know a guy like Batantis who has been really good obviously last year he was hurt and didn't really pitch at all but before that four or five consecutive years being one of the best relievers in baseball adding him at a price that isn't ridiculously high would have definitely helped um, to just sure up the bullpen. And, and I don't know. It's interesting what they're doing. It could work. It also very well could go poorly. Yeah, I. it really depends how – I think a lot of it depends on how Victor Arano and Sir Anthony Dominguez bounce back. I am confident that Hector Neris and Jose Alvarez will be good again but it really is going to depend on those two other guys that I mentioned to see if they can stay healthy and pitch like they're capable of doing. Yeah, listen, Ranger Suarez is one elite slider and one elite fastball away from being Andrew Miller. So Ranger, Suarez, Ranger Suarez, you know, he has the <laughs> failed starter part down. He was good last year, though. You gotta. He was gotta, fine. I mean, he's just a guy, mop-up guy or whatever. He's good. He's Come fine. On. Give it to him. Better than Cole Irvin. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. also, you know, Adam Morgan wasn't healthy for much of last year. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see with him with the new three-batter minimum coming in, how oh, they handle him, because yeah. he was really kind of a – he was a loogie for most of last season. Yeah, and bullpens are just so up and down, I think, more, more than anything else in the sport in general. So who knows? It, it's we'll see i guess so all right moving on uh all right this is a pretty good question it comes from sam another one from facebook what is one realistic trade you see the phillies making before spring training this year 
Ooh, this one's tough. Realistic trade. Maybe they... I don't know. This one's really tough. Maybe they can go after a mid-tier... Uh, a mid, like a middle-tier starting pitcher. They've been linked to Robbie Ray forever. If they can... If they can make that work, I think that would probably be the most likely. Um, a Bryant deal probably isn't happening. Maybe if, you know, same thing that happened with Real Muto last season, everybody kind of fell out in the Phillies where you're just like, all right, yeah. we have to jump at this. So maybe that happens with a Bryant deal. But I think a Robbie Ray-ish type of deal is probably most likely. Yeah. I I'm thinking... I don't have a name, but some reliever, just you know, something a veteran uh, from somewhere. Yeah, that's super vague, but just I mean, it's like we just talked about the bullpen for five minutes. So I don't need to say all that again, but just someone that isn't you know Mike Morin, who's that's probably going to be all the other guys they add is going to be Mike Morin and Jared Hughes. This isn't a trade, but bring Tommy Hunter back in the minor league deal. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Uh, Going to do one more question from the Facebook. Uh, how many games, this comes from David, how many games do you think the Phillies will win in 2020? And do you think they make the playoffs? Obviously, it's December. We don't know what the Phillies are going to look like, but Ty, you can tell us what you think. 87 games in a wild card spot. That's what I'm feeling right now. Third third place in the NL East in a wild card spot. Wow. What about you? I'm going to say 88 wins out of the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's the, tough because it's so are, early. It's yeah, so early. Are, so. There are, like, I think the Reds could win 90 games, but they also could be bad, you know? Uh you know, the Reds and the Padres are those teams that I think could definitely, you know, break out in 2020. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I think 87 wins, 88 wins is tough to, to put the Phillies in the playoffs, but it also could. Yeah, I agree. It's tough to tell right now. Ask us again in April or May. Yeah. But um, hold on. You forgot one good Facebook question that we both liked a lot. Yeah. If you can acquire any player from the present or the past, from any team, who would you get and why? This is from Rick. This question is super general, but we loved it. We thought we thought it was a good question. And it's kind of tough to answer because any player <laughs> there's a ever, lot of there's, like, there, there's a lot of options. Yeah. So why don't you go ahead and, and tell us who you would pick for the Phillies? It's tough because, you know, if you take Babe Ruth and put him in 2019, he'd stink. Adam Onavino would strike him out every yeah, time. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But just assume you're know. matching. I'd probably take. Assume Bob. you're matching their past production. Oh, changes everything. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't take Babe Ruth because he's dead. Because so, like, just assume you're taking like them in their prime. <laughs> like I, 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 I go I with Bonds, Barry Bonds. All right, but. Like, what is more valuable to this team, Bonds or, like, a very, how, how about, very good pitcher? On. Like, what about Sandy Koufax? What you about know? A-Rod? I think I'd take A-Rod. 
Positionally, that would... Well, they already signed Didi. If they hadn't signed Didi, I would take A-Rod. Why? Put A-Rod at third and <laughs> Kingery in center? Oh, put... Yeah, you're right, you're right. I I like that. I like prime A-Rod. Yeah. I mean, A-Rod probably, uh, you know, should be a shortstop. He should have been the shortstop of the Yankees uh, when they got him and they moved Jeter, but we're, we're not going to talk about put, that. Should have put Jeter in right. Maybe, like, I don't know, Cy Young. Right, right. That's, <laughs> well, Cy Young wasn't that good. <laughs> what do you mean? He had, like, 500 I mean, career who, wins. We're a wins podcast. Yeah, he also... Yeah, but <laughs> we are a wins podcast. That's news to me. He also lost, like, 300 games. All right, that's fair. That's... I mean, who's the? who do you think is the greatest pitcher of all time? Uh, ooh, that's tough. I don't... I don't know... Mm, Clemens, I mean, Maddox, yeah, like Clemens, but also like, give me O one Pedro. That'd be pretty nice. I don't know. Give me O nine Pedro. <laughs> Are you sure that's what you want? <laughs> no, I'll pass. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, but yeah, right. th- those are all the Facebook questions. I can't believe Johnny left that one out. That was that was the best one. It, it was funny just how how broad it was. <laughs> yeah, it's great. All right, so we are going to move to the Twitter questions now. This first one comes from Rob. Uh, who is your favorite non Bohm or Howard prospect that could have a big impact in 2020? Ty? Um, yeah, my favorite um, non Bohm Howard prospect that I think could make an impact in 2020, I'd have to go with uh, Garrett Clevenger. I think that he could if given the chance to be a really solid left-handed relief option out of this team's bullpen, he strikes a lot of guys out. Um, you know, he struggled at times last season in double a, but he was also coming off a previously unreported ACL injury that nobody really knew about. And once he got recovered, he was, he was pretty good down the stretch for the Reading Fightins. And I, I think he has the stuff to be a good relief option in the majors next season. Yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, uh with Damon Jones, another lefty. Um, was pretty dominant last year as a starter, both in Clearwater and Reading, and he struggled a little bit when he got to Lehigh Valley. But he's got some good stuff. Maybe maybe a move to the bullpen um, is in his future. But um, he's just another guy that has some good stuff and could definitely make an impact in 2020. Um, our next question comes from Declan. Uh, what would the ideal Phillies bench look like next season? Um, I think it's just five Brad Millers. Yeah, no, well, four Brad Millers and an Andrew, and Andrew Knapp. Knapp. Yeah, you're right, you're right. No, the ideal, <laughs> the ideal realistic Phillies bench probably looks something like Jay Bruce, Brad Miller, if they can get him back, um, Andrew Knapp, Roman Quinn, and someone else who's good. Yeah. Someone Who, like, else whoever, who's good. Yeah, whoever whoever plays well out of spring training, maybe yeah. Harrison. Jay Hay or, or Phil, our guy Phil. Yeah, true. Right-handed Greg Dobbs. Right-handed Greg Dobbs. Some people would say that he is, but... One person know. would say. One person. Exactly one. All right. Yeah, I agree with that. Just sign Brad Miller. 
Uh, I think the Phillies need to go to philliesnation.com and read uh, Ty's Shakespearean sonnet about Brad Miller. And, you know. If, yeah, if the Philly, if Matt Klintak needs any convincing, he should check out my piece, and you guys should check <laughs> it out as well. Anyway, next question. This is coming uh, from Pat Johnson. How many wins does this team get, which we answered, but more importantly, who is the team MVP next season? So we answered answered the wins question. Who do you think the team MVP next season will be? It's going to be Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper is going to have uh, the closest to 2015 production that we've seen since then. He's going to Harper is going to have like a 300, 400, 550 slash line, something like that. That would that would be good for them. <laughs> they could use that. That would be pretty cool. He's going to hit 40, 45 home runs. I, I'm pretty confident in that. He's um, going to have a huge year. What here's, you? What do you here's mine. I think Real Muto is going to repeat his defensive contributions in, in value. And he's going to throw a ton of guys out again and be really good behind the plate. Maybe even, I know the Phillies just lost their catching coach, but maybe he even continues to improve his framing, which would be huge. But I think he's going to have a really good year at the plate. He kind of started a little slow last season. So if Rio Muto could kind of do the same things on defense and get better at the plate, which I think he's capable of, that would be that would be huge, and that would probably make him team MVP outside of like a 2015 Harper year. Yeah. Well, of course, Dark Horse is Arietta. Nap. <laughs> 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 Stop. <laughs> Real Muto's injured and Andrew Knapp <laughs> breaks out. <laughs> well, then I think we have to ask this question next uh, from Jeffrey. Or, no, 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 no. It's uh, from Landshark Rebel. Is Andrew Knapp a Darren Dalton type of player who will burst out of nowhere soon? Or is he the Steve Lake clone? So, yeah, we are. We, we are both relatively young people so we kind of had to i had an idea who steve lake was but we had to go back and and look a little deeper because we obviously do not remember steve lake he was the phillies backup catcher in the early 90s he was really good at throwing runners out but couldn't really hit or anything like that (laughs) so i guess his question is is andrew knapp gonna break out like darren dalton was able to and become one of the best catchers in team history or is he going to continue to be a backup catcher? And I'd say the first option is probably a lock. Oh, you think so? <laughs> well, I, you know, like I mentioned on the one episode, um, maybe Nap is similar to Carlos Santana and could use a position change in order to break out. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I, I don't really know. Oh goodness gracious. No, he's if Andrew if Andrew Knapp could throw out as many guys as Steve Lake did back in the day, I'd be pretty happy with that production from mm-hmm. your backup catcher. He had a hose. Yeah, I'd be good with that. I think I saw on his Wikipedia page, he he's like ninth all time in like throw out percentage. Oh wow! Yeah, that'd be nice. I'd take that. Yeah. Moving okay. on from Andrew Knapp. Uh. This is a question from Austin. Do you think the Phillies need to add to their bullpen in the offseason, or are they better off waiting until the trade deadline? Yeah, so Austin also texted me about this because he is someone I know in real life. 
and this is what I texted him back. Uh, if they're not going to go over the luxury tax, which is you know seems apparent, the right move is probably, like I said earlier, sign some guys to minor league deals, see who you think you can get value of out of in spring training, and then if you're close at the at the trade deadline, that's when you can go get somebody more high impact if you're willing to go over in season. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. They're not they're not going to get anyone of significance. I would be shocked. Well, not shocked, yeah. but they don't I'd, have money. I'd be shocked. And, no, no, no. Yeah. They have money. They're not willing. Well, to spend it. but they're not. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh. Another question from Austin: Which what teams do you see the current potential? What the current potential roster having a difficult time with next season? Yeah, the current slash potential. So yeah. the roster right now, or who, yeah. whoever they might yeah. add. Yeah. But teams they might have the teams they might have difficulty with next season. Um, probably the Marlins. They they seem to <laughs> have difficulty with them every single year. Um, I could tell you who they won't have difficulty with. They'll continue to eat up the Red Sox for no reason at all. Aaron Nola <laughs> owns them. This team doesn't make sense. I'm pretty sure if they would have just beat up on the Marlins last season, they probably would have made the playoffs. But they were yeah. unable to do so. And the Marlins yeah. got better, so who knows. How many home runs is Jesus Aguilar going to hit against the Phillies this season? Um... At least ten. Yeah, is Reese Hoskins now the fourth best first baseman in the division? Um, <laughs> well, rank him, rank him right now. <laughs> well, Freeman. Well, yeah, probably Freeman, and then Alonzo, and then Aguilar, and then the ghost that- of Ryan, and then the ghost of Ryan Zimmerman, and then probably Hoskins. But, well, what about, Kendrick. What, about Kendrick? Dom, what about Dom Smith? Howie Kendrick. Yeah. Is is Hoskins even top seven? <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I would argue he's probably the third best first baseman in the division, but But maybe the eighth. Yes. <laughs> All right. It depends how he bounces back. If you take if you're if listeners, if you're gonna take anything away from this episode, it is that Reese Hoskins is somewhere between the third to eighth best first baseman in the National League East. Right? Tell yeah. your friends. All, All right. right. Next question. <laughs> next question. Um, what number will Chris Bryant wear for the Phillies next season? This is from Jake. Um, what number does he wear right now? I do not know. I'm going to look that up real quick on Baseball Reference. Chris Bryant, his jersey number. I feel like it's 17. Take your guess. It's it is seventeen. It's seventeen, and yeah, yeah. somebody does somebody wear seventeen? Doesn't Hoskins wear seventeen? Yeah, Reese does wear seventeen, I think. So yeah. I guess yeah, he does. So maybe he flips them around and he wears seventy one. Yeah, that'd be kind of gross. I wouldn't like that. Yeah, that's like a spring training number, but uh, it'd be see. funny. Eighteen's taken. Sixteen's open now. Oh, by Cap. That was not Cap. Uh, that was Cesar Hernandez. That wasn't Cap? Cap was. Oh, well. He uh, was 22 and then out. 19. <laughs> I'm leaving that uh, in. 19. 
Yeah, yeah Cap was nineteen, formerly held by Jose Bautista. I'm trying to figure out what Bryant wore in college. I, you know, let me know if you find that. I'm gonna go to the next question. Sure. Um, this this is kind of similar to what we get Ooh. what we got earlier. What? He wore twenty three. Aaron Altair, right? Yeah, I like twenty three. All right, well, Chris Bryant, he's either wearing 71 or 23. Next season for the Phillies. Yeah. It's the GOAT number. Yeah. Um, Aaron Altair. <laughs> anyway, um, who's an under... This is kind of like what we got earlier. Who's an under-the-radar Phillies prospect you're irrationally high on? This is from Mitch Rupert, Rupert of the Williamsport Sun Gazette. Um, I'm going irrationally high on... I, I don't know if there's anybody I'm irrationally high on. I like Ramon Rosso's cutter, and I think he could be good one day. Maybe a bullpen switch is probably better for him. I'm not exactly sure, though. He was really good in Redding. Wasn't as great when he got to AAA last season, but Ramon Rosso is somebody I like. Um, I'm also, you know, a lot of people are down on Mickey Moniak, and I am confident that he can... You know, he probably will not be a star, but I'm confident that he can become um, like a a major league caliber player at some point. So maybe that's not irrationally high, but those are two guys that I'm high on personally. Um, And I covered both of them last year, so I I, I like both those guys. You're the the minor league guy, and I'm going to trust you with your answers. Um, My days of being high on Cornelius Randolph are behind me. Uh, never again, you know. That, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> uh, also, uh, I think we forgot that Jay Bruce wears twenty three. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Um, so, I mean, would he give Bryant twenty three? I don't know. Who knows? You know, seventy one might be in the cards. Well, does someone wear eight? Uh, I don't know. I don't think. I think. I don't so, think so. I, has anyone worn it since? Um, Juan Samuel wore it, I think, when he was the coach. Oh, he was like the third yeah. base coach. But he's, not he's the only, only guy since Victorino? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. But the Phillies are probably not getting Chris Bryant, so this is, you know, it doesn't really matter. I don't know. But, I think we should keep talking about it. Um, How about we go to the next question? Okay. So this is from Brian Daffy. It's a great this question, that, Brian. This is one that Johnny will, of course, like. Supposedly, Arietta is fully healthy for the first time since the Phillies signed him. Should we be encouraged, or is he simply the pitcher we've watched the past two seasons? I'm going to just preface my answer with, he's probably the pitcher we've watched the past two seasons because he's been injury-plagued and old pitchers get hurt a lot, and that's probably going to continue. Johnny, go ahead and be irrational. All right, sure. You know, Jake Arietta's finally healthy. First time in his career, actually. <laughs> Not actually. First time as a Philly, Jake Arrieta's healthy. Are we getting 2015 Arietta? Are the Phillies going to get that production from Jake Arrieta? No. Are the Phillies going to get 2016, 2017 production from Jake Arrieta? Bank on it, because it's it's happening. He's gonna that that swing and miss stuff is going to be back, and Jake Arrieta's probably going to finish top ten in Cy Young voting. So. That's my rational answer. Do you want my irrational answer too? 
Yeah, let's hear the irrational. No, 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 I'm kidding. That was my irrational answer. I don't know why I'm hopeful on Jake Arrieta. I just am. I think, I don't know. I think a guy like him is probably embarrassed by how he's performed pretty badly the past couple of seasons. Uh, heading into another contract year, so maybe uh, he'll, he'll have a good year, and then the Phillies will give him another three-year, seventy-five million dollar contract. I was, I was just about to ask <laughs> if if he's back. Like, I know he won't be fifteen back, but if he's sixteen, seventeen back, do the Phillies re-sign him? Um, they wouldn't. I don't think. I don't think signing a guy like him in that scenario would be the best. Yeah. Well, I- yeah, because they'd have a little more money to spend, and they could get someone that's good. And he, you know, he is good. Obviously, he's great. But... All right, next question. <laughs> uh, we're just going to do a couple more here. This sure. is from Michael Coyle. We know shortstop. Uh, we know who's going to play shortstop, but who's going to play second and third? Cigar at second, okay, but really Kingery at third. Um, so yeah, there's been a lot of questions about Kingery. Potentially playing third, I think, at least to start the season, that is what will happen. He, it's definitely not his best position, but I think he's capable of doing it, and I think he got a little bit better as the year went on last season, uh, just like he did at, at shortstop his rookie season. So it seems that the more comfortable he becomes playing a position, he, you know, he gets better at it. Um, so I think just because if they do bring up Bohm midway through the season it'd be easier to just move Kingery to center field and have Bone play third than move a bunch of people around if you would have put Segura at third and Kingery at second. Then you have to just move so many more people. I think just having Kingery stay at third to start the year is probably what they'll do. Yeah, Kingery, third is Kingery's worst position. Um, I think doesn't mean he's bad. It's just he's... I just remember several times throughout the season... You can tell that he's could tell that he's not really comfortable there, but that's how he was at short in his rookie year, and he became comfortable. And he's the kind of guy that will probably be by the time the season rolls around, be very comfortable at third because it's pretty clear that that's where he's going to be playing. Probably you know working work on it all spring training and everything, so it's fine. Um, I like him most in center field, personally, or playing a different position every day because that's fun. But yeah, it's like you said, it makes the most sense right now. All right. We're going to do three more quick questions before we sure. wrap this up. Sure. Um, this is from Jeffrey branch. Are the Phillies really going to go into 2020 with Andrew Knapp as the backup catcher? Yes, yes. they are. <laughs> yes. The, the short answer. Yes. Yeah. The, the backup catcher market, those guys got paid too much this year. So Andrew Knapp is a steal. Yeah, I mean, his contract is fine. It's yeah. fine. He's yeah. a fine backup catcher. That's the permanent stance from this pod. Yes. Uh, next question. This is from Kevin. Who will be our four to five pitchers this year? Meaning, I believe, the number four and the number five in the rotation. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's Zach Eflin and uh, probably Vince Velasquez. That's assuming, you know. If Jake Arrieta's the ace, and then Nolan Wheeler's the two and three. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I got I got to stop that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, Arietta's probably the is is Zach Eflin this this 
teams three right now? Um, they'll give it to Arietta. Probably. Well, who yeah. knows? They didn't even make Arietta the two. Yeah, last year. yeah. <laughs> they put that with it. Oh no. That might have just oh, been because they man. wanted to give. That might have been because they wanted to give Arietta that Sunday night Sunday. baseball start. But Maybe. who who knows? <laughs> yeah. Or it was to give Nick Pavetta some confidence, like, hey, you're oh, our oh. guy. Worked really well. Um, I think Velasquez is going to be the five, and then uh, you know Arietta or F. The the first four are locks. It's it's Wheeler, Nola, Arietta, and Eflin. Um, and then you know, I guess in in the spring it'll be Pavetta and Velasquez, and maybe they bring in a Drew Smiley and um, you know Aniel De Los Santos and whoever else will battle Jones. it out. Yeah. Damon is Suarez Jones. is Suarez definitely a uh, reliever he's, at this point? I think I think he's a reliever. I think he stinks as a starter. But uh, did we mention uh, Irvin there? No, for good reason. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> listen, Cole Irvin will not be the he will not be the fifth starter. You sure? Just no, I'm not sure. But I don't expect. Yeah, that I'm case. not sure either. Um, but. Yeah, I think it'll be Velasquez. Yeah, I agree. Which the Phillies don't remember August. Ty doesn't remember August. By the time opener, April comes opener. around, I probably won't have... Uh, for August will have slipped my mind, too. We are all going to talk ourselves into Vince Velasquez. I'm sure of it. I did already. But, yeah. Ty, yeah, Ty never talks himself high of Vince Velasquez. Give him... Listen, give him the opener. How, how about a game started by Jose Alvarez? You bring in Vince Velasquez, he pitches four innings, you take him out before he gets to the third time around the order, and then you put in the back end of your bullpen, and yeah. it's a win every time. Or you just get a good starter at that. Well, yeah, and did you see my tweet? I think it was yesterday or two days ago. Velasquez, the third time around the order, had a opponents had a one like a, a one point three eighty OPS. Yeah, when him. they when they leave him out there, they're literally that's, setting him up. To that fail. is, I I remember checking that like a couple months ago. That's the worst in major league history. I'm pretty sure. I can double yeah, check. Not, it's not like, bad. It's like bad. pretty horrible. But he's and he's not good, but he's fine. Through the the first time, two times through the order, no one has a good fifth starter. Or I mean, most teams don't have good fifth starters. Uh, and if the Phillies are good enough, they'll acquire one um, down the stretch. Honestly, yeah, it's. It's fine. They're fine. Yep. It'll be Velasquez, maybe Pavetta. Yeah, maybe Pavetta. But probably I, Velasquez. Put, put Pavetta in the pen. See what you have. Yeah, I'd agree. Some may have tweeted that he is the next Andrew Miller. I think that was both. I think it was both of us did that, yeah. Yeah, I think it was both. Times. Nice. All right, you ready for um, our last question? Yes. All right. This is from. I'm not going to say this guy's name. Uh, who is Aaron Nola? <laughs> who is Aaron Nola? 2018, 2019, somewhere in between or other? Uh, somewhere in between. Uh, hopefully closer to 20. I think he's. Uh, actually, I don't know. I'd say he's like not smack dab in the middle. Maybe a little bit closer to 2018. Between. Yeah, I think this is this question should be worded was um, Pete McKinnon, right? Well, when you factor in the Jake Arrieta breakout, 
and Zach Wheeler probably being good. Maybe he was right. And Aaron Ola is going to be a three. Could could be. No, but <laughs> on, for real, I think he 2018 will probably be be the best season of his career. Um, not too many pitchers have seasons that good. So I don't think he – it's not to say he was bad in 2019, but he was super disappointing. Um, I It's – like you said, it's probably in the middle, but I think it's leaning towards 2018. Yep. Agreed. But, yeah, that'll do it for the questions of this episode, uh, this mailbag, ep- mailbag episode that we did. Thank you, anyone who sent in – a question we're sorry that we can't get to every single one but i think we probably got close to 100 questions if we didn't get there uh exactly so once again thanks if you you entered a question and next time we we do one we'll try to get to yours if we didn't this time around johnny do you have anything to add before we sign off um everyone enjoy the holidays yeah that's all. Yeah. Uh, I second that. Everybody enjoy your holiday season. Uh, have it'll what it'll will it be the new year when we talk to everybody next? Um, yeah, I mean, if we record next Tuesday, it'll be New Year's Eve, and then push it. Yeah, on. so you'll probably next time you are listening to us, it will most likely be 2020. <laughs> talk so... to you guys next year. <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah, what Johnny said. We'll talk. This has been the Phillies Nation podcast, and we will talk to you guys next year. You can listen to the Phillies Nation podcast with Ty Daubert and Johnny Heller every Wednesday on philliesnation.com and all streaming services.